Welcome to another episode of The Illustrious Gentleman, the place where comic book artists and top blokes Scott Garleski and Ryan Cody talk about life, work, comics and booze. Follow the show on Twitter at TIG underscore show and online at www.tigshow.com T-I-G-S-H-O-W dot com Don't forget to let us know what you're drinking while you're listening to the show. Go on yourself, big man. Just so, in case you were curious, I do have my shirt off again this week. So, if you want to make a mental picture of what's going on here, it's right there for you. That's how I always think of you. Oh, good. Um, yeah, maybe I should just invest in those like um, those mesh t-shirts. No more cotton for me. Yeah, I just spilled beer on my crotch. Oh, awesome. So, I just wanted to... Uh, let everyone know that if you like the show... So anyways, this is the 46th episode of The Illustrious Gentleman. That's a big if. Yeah, and Scott has beer crotch. Uh, if you wanna, if you like the show, you can always hop over to super75studios.threadless.com and there's shirts for sale there. Uh, lots of different sizes, colors, two different logo colors. Uh, I even uh, got the, the baby option, so... You know, if you want your baby or toddler to look uh, super fantastic, you could get them an illustrious gentleman onesie. Sweet. Yeah, and today's topic, we're going to be talking about buying and selling original art and doing commissions. And uh, speaking of commissions, Scott has some spots open, I think, for another week or two. And you can email jeffmart at yahoo.com, G-E-O-F-F-M-A-R-T at yahoo.com. So go get a commission before he starts working again and can't do them. Yeah, don't Talking email me. You're not here. I don't want to yeah. talk to you. No, that's part of the, that's part of the advantage. I just right? want that's your why, money. That's why you got a dealer. So what are you drinking today, Scott? Uh, I opened my uh, Taboo Bomber of Vicero Imperial IPA. The what? Imperial IPA? The Vaquero, right? Vaquero. Spell it. Three Oaks Brewing Company. Okay. I still don't know what you said. Yeah, all right. Sound like you're saying, sounds like you're saying Jacaro. No, with a V. Oh, Vaccaro. Vaccaro? Right? No. There's a Vaca- V-A-Q-U-E-R-O. Oh, Vaquero, like a cowboy. Right. Right, Okay. Okay, so uh, the IPA—that's an IPA, you said. Yeah, it's, uh, it's an eight-three from Three Oaks Brewing Company. It's from their Desperado series. If that means anything to anybody. Blah blah blah. It doesn't say anything. There's nothing. There's nothing to read. There's no. Uh, where, where are they from? Uh, somewhere. Oh well, that's good. Uh, Oregon. Okay, another Oregon another Oregon beer. beer. Okay, I too, uh, I, well, I too am drinking a beer. I am not. I'm drinking a California beer. I'm drinking uh, Lagunitas Lucky Thirteen. It's a they claim it's a Mondo Red Ale. Mondo, ooh, Red um, Ales are good. Yeah, so it was originally brewed in 2006 to celebrate their 13th anniversary. So that's why it's called the Lucky Thirteen. 
And even though the bottle says limited release, they have it on release every year. So I don't know if it's always available or just available during the summer every year. But either way, I picked it up at my uh, nifty Chevron right next to my house. And uh, it's uh, fairly highly rated. It's got a 3.88 on Untapped, a 91 on Beer Advocate, and a 98 on Rate Beer. Um, lots of people mentioned the maltiness of it. And then one guy mentioned like a grapefruit flavor. So that that's something I'm not into. Those are two different things. Chew- yeah, and the word chewy was mentioned a couple times. Oh, um, it's, it's, it's keeps getting my- worse. Yeah, one of my pet peeves is I don't like beers that feel like overly heavy in my mouth. So uh, we're going to give it a shot. And it pours like a really deep orange, like almost like super dehydrated urine, orangish red. So um, that's another mental picture you can all take with you. That one's free. Okay, so uh, this is kind of my one of one of my suggestions was uh, I wanted to talk about original art. Uh, kind of like original art buying, but also how you and I deal with original art sales and what we think about them and commissions. So if I say original art and don't say commissions, I kind of consider those the same thing um, for the sake of this conversation. Uh, okay. I mean, they're both, yeah, they're both original art. One one might be a sequential page or sure. something published and one is a commission, but they're, they're technically both original art. So, uh, what sparked the topic was I started listening to a few episodes of the Felix Comic Art Podcast, uh-huh. which is hosted by Felix, and he's an art dealer and also an art collector, and he has like artists on his roster of guys that he represents and uh, stuff like that. And uh, you can always check out uh, FelixComicArt.com, and under the media tab is the podcast link. Yeah, he bought, so, uh, he bought the first cover from Copperhead for Copperhead number one. Oh, did he? Yeah, and uh, um, USPS destroyed it in the mail. Oh, yeah. I was gonna, I was gonna say, I wonder if he bought it to resell it or if he bought it for himself. But it sounds like it's uh, whatever it is its now. purpose was is null and void, right? Did you insure that when you shipped it? I did. I offered to replace it, and he said, "Nah." Okay. Yeah, I never. I never use it. I never use the insurance for whatever reason, unless I'm shipping really? overseas. Yeah, it just it seems like an extra hassle, and I've never had a problem. An extra hassle or an extra buck? Well, it's like an extra, well, however much you insure it it's for. Like it could four dollars. Yeah, it's, I don't charge that much for shipping. I only charge like six dollars for shipping, oh, seven bucks you can't for do shipping. That. Uh, maybe I should round it up to ten and start, but. I've never. I've been lucky. I've never had. I think one thing that went to France got a little chewed up, but that was insured. Um, but yeah. So, anyways, I love collecting. I guess we're gonna get to that later. And I, but I, uh, I first got the bug. I guess was the first ever show I did in two thousand five. I had a little sketchbook with me, and I just passed it around to all the guys at the tables next to me. So I have like sketches from two thousand five from like Jason Latour and Robbie Rodriguez and Tony Moore. Um, might be like a Jeremy Hahn in there. And so as soon as I started going to cons as like a pro, I started collecting, but, uh, I've never done that. I I don't have stuff by other people. I think I bought a sketchbook at one point for the express purpose of taking it to shows and right. Getting sketches, but right No, I mean, a lot of guys do that. They swap sketchbooks. So you could just, you know, if, if someone did a sketch for you, you would do a sketch for them. Yeah. 
But then you'd have to actually talk to people and you'd have to be friendly and sociable. There you go. Right. That's okay. why it's empty. Uh, yeah. So I guess the first the first question I wrote down was uh, how do, how do we view or how do we use original art sales? Like what is what is your goal for original art sales? And this includes commissions. Like what do you what why, why do you do it? What do you hope to get out of it? Moolah. That's right. Is that it? Is That's it, it. That simple? That's it. No, I think it's always a crapshoot with commissions. Oh, right, what are we talking about first? Are we doing uh, like art sales or okay, are we doing yeah. commissions? Let, let's let's talk about art sales okay. first. Um, yeah, it's all money, right? It's it's getting paid twice for doing the work once. Right. It's great. Right. It's beautiful. And, it's, and and with art sales, it's easy because the work's already done. Right. It is like getting paid tw- twice. You got paid to do it, and now you get paid to sell it, and it's no. That's you right. Know, it's, it's it's all fr- it's all free money. It's all gravy. That's right. Uh, I, I I also though I am I I like the fact that people want to display my art. That makes me feel good. It boosts my ego. So the the money's nice, but so is the. Uh, so is the ego stroke, I suppose. You know, I feel proud when people huh. choose to spend their money on one of my pages. Good for you. And uh, yeah, and I don't, you know, it's, it, a lot of times in this business, there's not a lot to feel proud about. So that's one thing. Um, and then for me, for commissions, it's it's a way to to raise money quickly and fill gaps in a schedule uh, when I need to, or you know, an unexpected bill pops up or something like that, and I I need you know two three hundred bucks for something. I like to, you know, do a commission drive and see if I can raise some of that money that way. Um, yeah, yeah. But those those are work, even though those are fun because it's usually just like a pinup or a sketch. It's not as in depth as as like reading off a script and drawing a page. It's still work. So uh, I guess I would rather sell four or five pages than do three or four commissions. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Uh, so how much how much do you sell usually? Kind of like how many commissions do you think if you had to average it out and how many pages do you think you sell and does it make a does it make an impact on your bottom line or oh sure I well yeah okay so as far as original art sales go I'm I'm, I'm gonna talk about Copperhead I guess because I did my 10 issues of that were all traditional and then okay my DC work has largely been digital. I should have done all of my Superman pages traditional. Right, except, well, for those last two issues, he wasn't in costume much, so right. you, could still, you could still sell those, but they don't have the, the monetary value of um, a character in costume. But, okay, so I did, uh, when the first Copperhead book hits, I, I sold out of issue one. I sold every page. Um, oh, that's cool. I sold probably 75% of issue two. And then from then on, I would do, it probably averaged out to maybe 25 to 30% of pages. Okay. So five, six, seven pages per issue. Yeah. Um, I mean, so, and, and if I think, with that book being what it was, I think I was doing just like boring talking head pages at like seventy five bucks or something, and then splashes would be like one fifty or something. And then right. typically the splashes and the covers are the first things to go anyway. 
So yeah, it's you're looking at I don't know four or five hundred bucks, I guess probably worth of art right. sales. And you- you could probably extrapolate that to where if you were doing a superhero book or a big two book, traditionally those five, six, seven pages a month might be half an issue at least. It might be 10, 11 pages a month. Maybe, if you were doing depending a on. Costume. Yeah, depending on the content, depending on the book. Um, right. But, I mean, uh, you hear from guys all the time at shows say, I don't sell shit. You know, nobody cares. If you're not. Sean Murphy, if you're not, you know, uh, Chris Somney or, or big name here, then right. nobody gives a fuck. Right. Well, I mean, I think people give a fuck, but then your value, what you can charge is considerably less. Um, so how many do you, how many commissions do you normally, you don't norm, you're not normally open for commissions, right? Like not on a regular basis. Uh, not when I've got deadlines i don't do commission work um at the moment i've got yeah i've got like five weeks in between jobs right now so i opened up my commission list and i netted three so i've got lots and lots of spots left (laughs) yeah okay uh yeah so i i normally i never say i'm closed for commissions but i don't really have time for them now although you know, like I just got like a speeding ticket, so I might open up for one or two commissions the, this month. Even and though do it'll be fast. tight. Yeah, it'll be tight, but I mean, yeah, I'll do them. I'll do them. Uh, I'll do them at sixty-seven and a forty-five fast. Uh, and then, but as far as far as far as I go, so I probably average maybe one or two commissions a month. So over the course of a year, I might do eighteen to twenty-four commissions. Oh, that's uh, a lot. I only. Yeah, it doesn't seem like a lot because I mean compared to what I, I mean, do, I, it's a lot. Yeah, I guess I guess I consider I consider my con sketches in, in, included in that as well. So uh, I, I do mail order commissions and I do commissions at conventions, but I only sell original pages at conventions. I don't think I've maybe once or twice have I sold a page not at a convention. So at conventions, I'll usually excuse me, I'll usually do a couple commissions a day. I'd like to do more because I like. I actually like doing con sketches. I like doing commissions at cons. I like You're interacting crazy. with people who I don't know. I like interacting with people that are like I said that are going to put down their hard-earned money on something I draw. I like that and I like talking to them and I, I like would bet you're in the minority of... on that. Yeah, maybe. And I do like when when they're happy with it, I like seeing the look on their face. Occasionally you get that guy who you could tell is not happy with it, but uh luckily that's been pretty rare for me, but yeah, so for me, I don't really sell enough for it to be a huge financial impact other than if I have a good convention, you know, that's a good weekend. But in the grand scheme of things, in my monthly bills, um, other than May, where I have two shows in May every year, does it really? It doesn't really impact my, my monthly income at all. And honestly, like commissions overall for me at shows and over the mail, they've really been slowing down the last year or so. Mostly, I think, because nobody knows what I'm working on. Nobody knows any of the books I'm working on. So that that would probably change if I was on a book that people followed and knew and was published at a normal pace. Do you have... So I, I was next to a, uh, an artist at Emerald City once, and he had like three portfolios full of beautiful originals, and everyone was asking him about them, and he didn't sell them. He was telling people that none of them were for sale. 
so when it slowed down, I asked him like, why you, first of all, why don't you sell your originals? And if you're not going to sell your originals, why do you bring them to the show? And he's like, well, I like talking to people about them. I like letting people look at them, but he's like, he basically said his work is very personal to him and that's why he doesn't sell them. And he wants to hold on to them. So when he's old and gray, his kids can have all of them and they can do what they want with them. Um, so how do you feel about the, about selling? Are you precious about your original art? Do you not care? Do you feel like you might be undervaluing your work? Yeah, I used to be, I think, um, like when it, before like two kids ago. you start doing things for money, when you're just doing your own stuff, you're coming up and you're doing, you're only working on personal stuff. Yeah, I I, I would say I was kind of uh, kind of precious about the work I was doing at that point, but I think once you start getting paid to produce art, and at that point especially when you're starting out there's a high probability you're not gonna like the work that you're doing um, right it and it's not because of what you're doing because what of what you're working on so no nobody uh, for their first gig is drawing a batman miniseries or the avengers or something chances are you're doing some shit little project either for somebody's personal use or for you know uh a fifth tier publisher so at at that point yeah i can't i don't i can't think of the last time i produced a piece of art and said you know what i'm gonna hang on to this this is just for me or this is you know just for my kids i i think about that sometimes actually when i look at the stack of like copperhead pages I have left, I think, you know, I, I, maybe I should save some of this stuff or even my, the floppies, the comps that I get, I usually get rid of them at shows. Uh, at some point I've probably thought, all right, maybe I should hold on to these for my kids. But I mean, if they stay on the, the same trajectory they are on now, they won't give a fuck in 20 years because they don't give a fuck right now. <laughs> yeah no kids don't give a shit uh do you have so this is this is something kind of i can't answer but but i could throw towards you um now that you're doing more dc work do you feel like have you given any thought to holding on to some original pages so in like five years you could probably sell these early dc pages for two or three times as much as you could sell them for now does that thought cross your mind, or are you just well, happy I, to sell pages I now? I wake up convinced that the book I'm working on now is going to be the last book I ever do. So when they're right. adults, that stuff's not going to be worth shit anyhow. So I might as well strike while you know the iron is at best room temperature. Okay. Yeah, I was just curious if if you were if you had given any thought to holding some of those pages aside and just putting them on the shelf for like five years before offering them for sale. But no, I no, I think in you know however long, I will be more proud of the fact that those pages were able to feed them than I would be if I were able to give them to them and have you know them remember me for something other than making dinner. 
Yeah, I, I could see that. There, there's something to be said of if you if if the money benefits you now, there's no reason to gamble on it in the future. Uh, so yeah, if, like for me, I I want to sell as much original art as possible. I mean, you know, part of that it's on me. Like I have a lot of pages where I fill my blacks uh, digitally. So I don't I don't fill them in with the brush on the original page. So I have a lot of DACA known pages for sale. I have a ton of DACA known pages still available. I would just have to spend time to go through them and, and finish inking them properly to put them up for sale. Um, but I, I do like selling as much art as possible. I mean, maybe in the future, if I did something that had a ton of personal meaning to me or, or had a huge commercial appeal where people were wanting them, I might hold on to those for my kids. But like you said, I mean, I'm sure they would appreciate, you know, like a whole new wardrobe now in high school than they would appreciate a fucking comic book page in 20 years. Um, you know, I, I wish I sold more than I did, but I, at the same time, I don't think my work is undervalued and I don't think it's overvalued. I mean, I sell my pages for what I think I can get for them and what what the market has shown I can get for them. Yeah, that's so, that's an interesting topic if you want to broach that. Um, yeah, yeah. So what, what we so, think we should be selling them for, because I know right. so I, I get a lot of shit from other people about other artists. Yeah, about what I sell right. my pages for. And right. Well, let, let me jump in real quick. I have probably three or four pages of yours that I've bought that you haven't given me, and they're all from Dracula. Or like a pitch page or something. Like once you started selling those copperhead pages, you were out of my budget even at that <laughs> point. But I can assume other pros see what you're selling like your Superman pages for and they probably tell you you're selling them way too low. Yeah, I, I don't know how much of that criticism is is implying that, you know, you're undervaluing undervaluing yourself or like or they see the price and they think it's low and it's like you know don't don't be so hard on yourself these are these are worth more um and i don't know what part of it is like at shows i don't know do but also also the people the people that are saying that it shows aren't buying your pages they're li- they're looking through your portfolio telling them you're selling them too cheap but those aren't the people buying your pages right Exactly. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's like I, me I, going into Circle K. Yeah. That's like I, me going into Circle K and getting a, a Polar Pop and being like, wow, you guys could probably charge twice as more for these Polar Pops and then just walk out and not buy a Polar Pop. Yeah. I mean, I don't know uh, how much of that advice or I, I don't know how you want to term it, advice or criticism um, has any real merit. I mean, like at conventions. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I I feel like I feel like two things are happening when when another uh, artist comes by and looks at my stuff and says, "Wow, you're you're not selling these for enough." I think one thing that he thinks that I'm he thinks I'm better than I think I am, which is a nice compliment. And I also think that he's trying to sell pages too, and people only have enough money. So if my pages are cheaper, they're going to buy my pages over his pages. That's a valid thought. I don't know how how real it is in practice because I think people 
if they're a fan of yours, they're going to buy your page. And if they're a fan of his, they're going to buy his page. But there is something to... Because I used to sell $5 prints at shows because I could print them for a dollar. Right. So I could... It's an it's an easy four bucks. Uh, and multiple other pros would come up to me and be like, dude, you can't sell them these cheap, this cheap, you know? And you look around and no one else is selling them that cheap. That's why. And then in my in my head, I'm thinking like, you guys are all overcharging. Yeah, for real. Yeah. Right, but but I did. I don't sell five dollar prints anymore. But I don't sell twenty dollar prints either. Um, so it, it, it there it, there is something about that too. Other guys be like, "Oh, you're undercutting me." Or if you're at a show and you're next to another pro and you're doing twenty dollar sketches or twenty five dollar sketches, and they're doing five dollar sketches, I've been on the side of that where I've been next to a guy and he's doing five dollar sketches, and that's kind of irked me just because his $5 sketches probably aren't very good, but he's got a line and he's racking them up. Um, not that I want to do 10 sketches an hour, but I, I, there is a part of me, I can see both sides of it, I guess is what I'm saying. I can see where other guys are like, look, you're undercutting all of us. But I can also see where like guys are charging way too much for certain things. Yeah. I, I mean, most of that's probably me. I, I 90% of the time when somebody says that, it's probably them saying that your work is more valuable than you think it is. And yeah, they're complimenting. Yeah. Yeah, but that's just that's just me being me. But right, but I mean on that same thought, this I didn't have so this year when I went to Heroes, I didn't have a new book out. I didn't have really anything out. I think I printed up a sketchbook, but I didn't have any real comics on my table. And so I just decided like this year, I'm going to do nothing but push original art. I'm going to, I'm going to, I want to do sketches and I want to sell pages. And I took a, I probably took a stack of like 40 or 50, $20 pages. And I thought, Oh, you know, if they have, if people want to sketch, it's 20 bucks. If they want a page of original art, it's 20 bucks for me, it's a win-win and I'll be able to move as much, product as possible and i didn't sell a single 20 dollar page that i lugged all the way to charlotte oh that's so i think if you're someone like me and you're not known at all in the industry a stack of 20 dollar pages looks desperate whereas if you're phil hester and you have a bunch of like throwaway pages that you're selling for 20 bucks those are going to sell like crazy because you're a known commodity and people can say they got a phil hester page for 20 bucks i mean i bought like three pages off phil's 20 dollar stack and at Phoenix Comic Con, I bought a page of yours off your twenty dollars stack. So, I think if you're a known artist, that works. For me, it did not work. I think it hints of just sadness and like desperation. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I do like the idea. If I'm if I'm at a con and I'm talking to another artist and I'm looking through their portfolio and I want to buy some original art, I do like the option of pages that might not have a superhero on them for 20 or 25 bucks as opposed to the 150 200 300 superhero page that i can't afford so um yeah i mean i did I th- that i think you can undercut yourself you just don't want to undercut everybody else yeah i i did that at the last phoenix show like you said i had a stack of 20 dollar pages which i think was just just shit from I think it's there not were, all shit i got a gem of a page i think there were a couple of boom series in there and just just a bunch of nonsense and i had a 50 dollar right. stack i think uh copperhead pages and then i had the stuff in my portfolio 
Yeah, but you, like, well, like, yeah, but yeah, but your twenty dollars stack did well for you at that show. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I you, think I, saw, I yeah. yeah, I ended up moving like I don't remember now, ten or twelve pages, right over the weekend. You know, which which is great. It's it's like, uh, you know, it, yeah, it's like we said at the top of the show. It's getting paid twice for doing the work one right. time. It's, uh, and especially when you sell a page that you drew like five years ago, that's even yeah, better. It, yeah, it's just it's sitting in a closet. It's just taking up space. Yeah, just have it gone. I it, and and that's what it's doing. It does. It has no value to me. So if I can get something for it, I'll take the something. No, I agree. I yeah. So to wrap up that sort of question, I'm never precious. I just want to sell as much as possible and get that money. And put it towards something I can use because those pages don't do anything for me. They don't feed my kids. They don't pay my bills. They just take up space. Um, okay, so do you have any more thoughts on selling, selling, doing commissions, or selling original? Um, no, other than I hate packaging stuff and going to the post office. Well, that's why you got a. That's, that's why. why Rep yeah. now. That's why I reached out you to start- Jeff. But you still have to mail all your. You, you still have to mail like a monthly package to one Jeff, time. Right? right, right. Yeah, no, going to the post office and packing stuff up is the absolute worst. Um, it, it, yeah, I mean it's not hard. It, it's, I mean it's not the post office is t- never a t- bummer. T- they're they're not mean, no, it's just, and it's it's never an awful experience. Yeah. But it's just time consuming and. Yeah, and it's not even that. I mean, yeah. it's it's a five minute drive. I could just go do it. It's just that I don't want to do it for no other reason than I just don't want to do it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how you package your art when you sell it, but I really like I I cut boxes down to size. Yep. I tape them. I triple tape them. So for me, it takes probably ten minutes per page. Yeah, that's about right in, in prep time. So yeah, it, to me, it is a pain in the ass. Um, Okay, so the second half of the conversation I think might be dominated mostly by me because I don't think you have much of an original art collection as you alluded to earlier, but uh, do you collect original art or or why or why don't you? If uh, you do, why? And if you I would why? love to collect original art, but I am terribly, terribly cheap. So, See, so that's why you got to do this the sketchbook switch yeah, thing I guess with other so. artists. All right, so I I do collect original art. I love it. I'm 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 just kind of dipping my toes in it because of my budget constraints. Um, I try to pick up a new page every show that I do, and then depending on how good the show is, that's how good, you know, what I set my budget at. Um, so, like at Phoenix Comic Con, I had a I had my normal Phoenix Comic Con, which is a good show for me, and I wanted to buy a Chris Bacalo page. Uh, but I think I waited, like I, I looked at one I liked and I came back and it was gone. And that was really the only one in my budget range. I think it was around a hundred or something like that. So, um, I didn't get one there and my heroes con wasn't a good show. So I didn't get one there, but normally I do like to get a page, at least like a $20 page or something. Um, I do like sketches too, but I prefer original art, published art. And here in, here in the, in the TIG North studios, I hung up on my original art uh earlier in the week i think on monday or no last friday so i'm surrounded by all my original art here and i just love like i love looking at them studying them trying to figure out why 
an ink line was laid down a certain way or, or why, uh, why, how an artist laid out a page or a figure. So for me, just to be next to it's really inspiring. Um, I wish I had more disposable income to get more high-end pages. You know, I think my most expensive page is like a $120 page, and that was a gift. So I think the most money I've ever spent on a single page is 100 bucks. So, yeah. So um, do you have any original art? I know the answer to this. But. I own two pages, like actual comic book pages. Uh, I, I mean, I've got a bunch of sketches. I got stuff from from you, and I've got stuff from Shaner. And uh, uh, oh, so you could you could you could cut that stuff out and frame it. Uh, yeah, not, stuff not from, me, the Shaner. You know, just just people that I've been around. Um, right. Okay. But uh, so just like, just like a handful, you think? Uh, but the two pages I have, I have the the cover of your uh, your uh, Carl Phantasma. Uh-huh. Uh huh. That's actually hanging up in my office. That that's the only piece of original art I have displayed. Well, I'm sorry. Uh, and I have, I want to say it's. Page 18, I think I've talked about this before, from uh, the Hitman Lobo one-shot by Garth Ennis and Doug Monkey. I think, um, I don't know if it was my first or second time at San Diego when I, uh, I walked by an art dealer's table. And I had no idea that it was a thing, that you could actually yeah. buy pages. Um, so I looked through everything and I think I ended up coming back the next day and putting 75 bucks down on this page. And you don't even have it displayed. No, I, I did until I bought your cover. Oh, come on. That, it's, it's ridiculous. Um, yeah, so I probably have, uh, I think 15 total pages and like 10 or 12 sketches, uh, that I've collected over the last like five or six years. Um, I would say like 20 to 25% of my collection are older pages by you, Dracula pages and a Hellboy pinup and some sketches. And like I said, once Copperhead came along, kind of priced yourself out of my budget. And then I have, I think, three pages by Phil Hester and Ande Parks. So, and, uh, and then I just have various other guys. But yeah, like the, like the uh, I guess, I guess my two biggest pages I have is I have a Powers uh a powers double page spread which uh oming drew on one page so it's 11 by 17 but it's a double page spread uh and that was something i got from him at emerald city and i think he he gave me like a half price on it i think i paid 100 for it so that was really exciting to me because mike's kind of the guy who pretty much i i, I followed when i was getting back into comics and, and and really kind of inspired me to get back into comics and then a couple of years ago at christmas i got a john paul leon page which was the only one i could afford my i got it for christmas as a gift but i sent the link out so i knew i was getting it and i think it was a 125 dollars page and it's from um it's from uh, the further adventures of cyclops and phoenix so it's it's a jpl page but it's like from the mid 90s or late 90s nice. um but yeah and then i got you know various prints and stuff like that but uh that's about all original art wise um so you're you're saying you you other than you just don't want to part with your money, right? That's that's why you don't have more. That's why. Art. That's the only reason. 
Right. Would you trade another artist at oh, a show sure. if they came up and looked through your portfolio? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I know uh, one year at Acme, um, Eric Larson and Corey Walker were trading pages, and I was kind of standing over both their shoulders and just as they flipped through each other's portfolio and pulled out pages they wanted. It's pretty cool. It's a cool uh, experience. But yeah, so, I, so my philosophy is just that I like to collect artists that I consider friends or people that I know. Um, so that way when I look at it, it has some sort of meaning other than, you know, like I've never bought a page from a dealer. I've always bought the page from the artist. So either from an inker, cause normally inkers sell their pages for cheaper or like a friend or something like that. So, you know, that, that's kind of my, you know, I'm not chasing down five, $600 pages, but that's mostly because I don't have the money to do that personally. So I guess the last kind of thought I have is, or thing is, 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 uh, do you have a list of guys you would like to get pages from any particular book or artist or anything like that or character? Oh, I'm sure. I mean, I, I don't know that our list would be much different than like, uh, our, our Mount Rushmore Mount, guys. Mount Rushmore. Right. I mean, yeah, I'd like to like, uh, my two favorite single books are probably, and and not even single books, but stories, are um, the Batman Black and White Nolan story, the Monsters in the Closet. I would love to have a page from that, uh, and I would love to have a page from um, uh, the Corpse, the the Hellboy issue. Um, yeah, I mean, but there were probably 25 guys who I would, uh, had I the money, I would, I would get something from. Man, uh. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll read off kind of what I wrote yeah, down. You go. If, if you have anything, if you have anything in a minute, we'll jump back to it. So I already talked about like my John Paul Leon page. I, I emailed him a while ago cause I really want to get, um some pages from a shadow cabinet from him because that book meant a lot to me. Um, he basically told me like the, you know, he probably has those, but they're probably so far buried somewhere. It would be hard to pull them out. Um, I'd like to own any page by Chris Somney. I think that's like a, all the guys on my list are kind of like dream, dream Mm, guys. It's just a lot of money. I mean, Somney's original art goes for, I mean, not in the grand scheme, not of like a Kirby page or an Eisner page or a Frank Miller page, but it's it's up there. Um, a Sean Murphy, specifically a Hellblazer page from uh, his mini his oh, Hellblazer yeah, that'd miniseries. Be great. Yeah, or even uh, even the uh, what, Joe the Barbarian page would be nice too. Um, any Stuart Eminent and uh, Wade Von Graubadger page. Yeah, I was just going to say. I, 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 ideally, uh, Next Wave, I guess, would be ideal, but uh, any other superhero work would be great, too. Um, a Lee Weeks Daredevil page would be great. Uh, and I have a little Doc Shainer head sketch, but I would love a superhero page of his. And then, obviously, like a Mignola Hellboy page, but that's that might be the highest on my list of things I can never get be a mignola page um you know unless unless he likes me and then he, he's, he's been known to get to gift pages or not pages but to do sketches but uh you know i don't have a i don't have a hellboy pa- sketch or page or anything uh 
but yeah, pretty much like you said, my my list is kind of who's my favorite current working guys is currently on my list. But I often I often search original art websites and I search by price and I, I'll I'll pick up anything if I think it looks cool and it's in my price range. You know, like I got a I got a uh, Green Lantern page. I'm looking around for it. I got a Green Lantern page. Not Green Lantern. Maybe it is Green Lantern page by uh, Billy Tan. Who, uh, you know, he's a fine artist, but I'm not a huge fan of him. But Mark Irwin was the inker, and I was chatting with Mark Irwin at a show, so I bought it. Um, even though I don't have any real attachment to the art, to the penciler, or to the character. So if something's in my price range and it looks cool, and I feel like I could study it and learn something from it, I'd like to have it. I'll get it. So. Um, you know, and then like a Kirby or an Alex Toth, those are just, that would never happen. So that's why I didn't include those in my dream artists. Yeah. I, uh, I'm looking over my Pinterest boards now, like Daniel Warren Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe a commission more, good commissions. more so than a yeah. page. Yeah. His commissions are insane. Uh, yeah. Like James Heron's on my list. I mean, Art Adams, obviously. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't have an Art Adams original, obviously, but yeah. I bought one of his prints at Phoenix this year. Yeah, Ryan Otley. Yeah, Lee Weeks or Guy Davis. Yeah, and I think I think like uh, Lee Weeks might sell some originals for fairly fairly inexpensive at shows. Maybe I'm wrong, and you know by fairly inexpensive, that's still out of my price range, but not outrageous. I'm always impressed by you can get like a Stuart Eminen or and a Graw Badger page through their their reps website for couple hundred bucks still that's that seems reasonable to me but but yeah so i don't uh, so i don't look at it as, as like a way to invest i don't flip pages i don't whatever but uh it is something that i like to do so it's fun i suppose and like i said i like looking around my office and looking at all the framed art so all right any other thoughts on original art or original art collecting uh no other than I want to sell more of it. Yes. So so why don't you pimp your art rep one more time? Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, uh, you can email Jeff at jeffmart at yahoo.com, G-E-O-F-F, Jeff. And uh, also you can go to the website of the same name, jeffmart.com. You can get commissions through there. I don't have any pages up for sale with him yet. I, I need to send him some shit. But uh, once I do, they'll be up there. Um, so don't ask me anymore because I don't have it. <laughs> okay. And then what did you talk to him? Here's a question for someone with an art rep, which, you know, I, I don't have any need for one now, but maybe in the future. Um, if you're going to go to a show, would you just plan on holding on to pages until after the show? Mm. That's a good question. So like, uh, I, so I like have not thought whatever, about that. Whatever, yeah, whatever your next uh, book is for for like DC or whatever, would you starting in like January or February? Would you hold on to those pages for a couple months leading up to Phoenix Comic Con or something like that? Um, yeah, maybe. Uh, if I do, I will. Uh, I will tweet it out and mention that I'll have stuff. Right. Yeah. Good question. I hadn't thought yeah. about that. Thank you. I appreciate. I appreciate your compliment on my questioning. Okay, so, and then, uh, obviously, any of my stuff, you can just go to super75studios.com. I have some pages up there for sale. Um, all right, man, how is your uh, how is your Vaquero IPA, which is Spanish for cowboy? Wait, that's Caballero, so what's Vaquero? 
Yeah, it's cowboy. Said. I think it's cowboy also. Right. Um, I I don't have a palate for IPAs apparently. Uh, you don't like, they all taste don't like the same. It. Too hoppy for you? You just don't like it? Yeah, I I, I can't get around do... the right. hoppiness. It's just it's it's too much. All right. Uh, on a scale of uh, I would never drink it again, one to uh, I would do nothing but pr- I would quit my job and promote it. Five. What would you put it at? Two. Oh wow! So even if someone offered. To to give you another one, you wouldn't drink it. Uh, yeah, I'll just have a soda. Okay, <laughs> all right. Not this isn't going to be much of a surprise, but I absolutely love this Lucky Thirteen. Uh, someone tweeted me. I think it was Mansfield. Alex Mansfield tweeted me and said that it's one of his favorites. It's great. Like the the it, the maltiness is just enough to where it doesn't bother me. It's not overwhelming. Um, it's really good. I actually. So they didn't have bombers of it at my store, so I actually bought two 12-ounce bottles. And I'm drinking the last or the second bottle right now. It's uh, easy drinking, 8.8%, but it's low bitterness. It's only like 67 IBUs or something. It's not outrageous, so you don't really get a hoppy flavor to it. You should you should try it out if you like if you like amber ales or you like, you know, I guess this is called a red ale. But if you like amber ales, this is just a little stronger than like a Alaskan amber or something like that. Pretty good. I recommend it. I'm going to give it a four. Uh, I will definitely seek it out again and buy it again with my own money. Okay. Uh, So you don't have any upcoming projects you can talk about right now. So uh, Uh, no, not that I can talk about. Is your issue? Is your uh, Green Lanterns issue up for pre-order yet? Do you know? Um, Yeah, I would imagine it's. I mean, it's been listed in preview, so I'm sure you can. Oh, okay. So it comes out. Does it come Pre-order out next it. month or in November? Okay. Uh, it comes out the beginning of next month. Actually, same day as White Knight. So. Oh, really? Fuck me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I uh, did. You read the seven-page preview link I sent you? Did you look at that? Uh, I looked over it. I didn't read it. Yeah. Well, no, I didn't read it either. But it, it looks pretty. It looks real pretty. Okay. So, wrapping it up, I will uh, talk to you next week. I'm gonna, unless things change, I'm gonna see yeah. you on, on Monday. So. Uh, yeah, we should have a couple next couple shows should be fun. So um, you can follow us on Twitter at TIG underscore show. You can follow me, Ryan, at Ryan Cody. You can follow Scott at Scotty God. And you can listen to all the past episodes on TigShow.com. Uh, current episodes, too, if you want. Uh, and if you enjoy the show, drop us an email at TigShowPod at gmail.com. Check out the Buy the Guys Around link on our website. And uh, that's a good way to support the show. So, all right, man. I guess I will see you in just a couple days. Yep. All right, man. Have a good weekend. Bye.